Hi everybody and welcome back to, to Professor Pastor Paul's Midweek Bible Festival. We've been going through the Old Testament from the get-go at the very beginning of Genesis and now we're all the way up to Judges this week. We're going to be reading from Judges chapter 4 verses 1 to 7. It goes like this. The Israelites again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord after Ehud died. So the Lord sold them into the hand of King Jabin of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Heresheth Hagoim. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help, for he had 900 chariots of iron and had oppressed the Israelites cruelly for 20 years. At this time, Deborah, a prophetess, wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel. She used to sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites came up to her for judgment. She sent and summoned Barak, son of Abinoam from Kadesh, in Naphtali, and said to him, to Barak, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Go, take position at Mount Tabor, bringing 10,000 from the tribe of Naphtali and the tribe of Zebulun. I will draw out Sisera, the general of Jabin's army, to meet you by the Wadi Kishon with his chariots and his troops, and I will give him into your hand. Hear the word of the Lord. Last week we found Joshua making a covenant with the people that they should no longer worship any gods but Yahweh. And though Joshua died shortly after this, we left the story on a very, very up note. The people's closing line is, The Lord our God we will serve, and Him we will obey. But as we have seen, Israel is a stiff-necked people and does not always follow through with their promises. By the time we get to, today, to today's reading in Judges 4, the Israelites had already, in the book of Judges, done what was evil in the sight of the Lord three times. And our passage opens with the fourth appearance of this formula. The fourth appearance of that formula in four chapters, the Israelites again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And what was it that Israel had done? What was so evil in the sight of the Lord? You know what it was. They forgot the Lord their God and worshipped the gods of the Canaanites, the Baals and the Asherahs and so forth. They were tempted and they wandered and worshipped other gods. And the consequences of their forgetting are the same as they ever were. The Lord gives them over to their enemies, the Israelites over to their enemies. And in this particular case, their enemy was King Jabin of Canaan and his top military leader, Sisera. Here at the beginning of the story, we learn that Jabin and Sisera had oppressed the Israelites cruelly for 20 years. So Jabin and Sisera 
have really stuck it to the Israelites. Now, you may know that at this time, Israel had, you know, only been in the land for maybe a generation, maybe, I don't know, 40 years. I don't know exactly how long, maybe 20, maybe less. I have to go back and do the math. But in this period of time, Israel had no king, but was being ruled by a series of so-called judges, hence the title of the book, who served in both legal and military capacities. They were the closest things to kings that, and leaders that Israel had. So far, Israel has been judged by three guys, Othniel, Ehud, and Shamgar. And now we find Deborah, a prophet who has been raised up by the Lord to deliver Israel from two decades of Canaanite oppression. Now, I for one find it refreshing to have a woman leading these people. It's about time, don't you think? Now, female prophets are not uncommon. We have Aaron's sister Miriam, we have Huldah in 2 Kings, we have Noadiah in the time of King Josiah, and did you know that Isaiah's wife is a prophet? It's true. And there are more that I can name, but the overall point I'm trying to make here is that Deborah really is singular. She is a prophet, but she's more than a prophet. As noble a title as that is, she is also a judge. And she stands out as the only female military leader in all of Scripture. The only female military leader in the Bible. Even so, the ancient distinction of gender roles dictates that Deborah pick a man to lead Israel's military exploits. And Deborah calls on this fellow named Barak, whose name means lightning in Hebrew, which is really a little bit ironic because, as we shall see, Barak is neither quick nor bright nor particularly electrifying. But Deborah calls him to her and tells him what to do. Apparently, the Lord God has spoken to Deborah. In the same way that God spoke to Moses and spoke to Joshua and the other judges, Yahweh has spoken to Deborah. And she tells Barak what Yahweh told her. The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Barak, go take position at Mount Tabor, I will draw out Sisera, the general of Jabin's army, and I will give him into your hand. So basically, Deborah is saying, the Lord is with you. Go, man. You got this. Now, time out. The lectionary reading cuts off at this point. That's it. That's all we get in the lectionary. But I'm going to keep going because this is too good of an old-fashioned Bible study to Bible story to miss. This is just the beginning of a great story. I actually suspect that the, the lectionary people intended for us to keep reading, but the whole story proved too long for a single, you know, lectionary segment. So let's all march onward with Yahweh and Deborah and Barak and see what happens. So here's Deborah saying, go get him, Barak. But Barak hesitates. And you know what Barak says? I will go if you will go with me. 
but I will not go if you do not go with me. Barak says, I will go if you go with me, Deborah, but I will not go if you will not go with me. What an interesting and unexpected response. How to read this? Well, on one hand, given the very heavy patriarchy of the ancient Near East, surely this is a shameful move on the part of Barak, who does not come off well overall in this story. If the best man Deborah can find still has to beg a woman to lead him into battle, how poor must the state of the nation be? But maybe not. Maybe that's not the only way to read it. Because on the other hand, and this is actually not a mutually exclusive reading from that previous one, but I suspect that Deborah really was something. I suspect that she's shown so brightly and comported herself with such poise and such confidence and self-assuredness that Barak was exactly right to ask her to go to battle with him. Look, here is a woman of such courage and valor and absolute trust in Yahweh, of course she must go with us into war because she radiates destruction of the bad guys. She is the very model, the very image of confidence. She must have been amazing. Deborah agrees to go with Barak into war because she knows no fear, friends, but she also zings him a little bit here, gives him a little poke for his cowardice. Surely I will go with you, she says. Nevertheless, the road on which you are going, Barak, is not, will not lead to your glory. For the Lord will sell Sisera, Jabin's commander, into the hand of a woman. A mysterious word from the great prophet. The Lord will sell Sisera, your enemy, into the hand of a woman. Which woman is this who will defeat Sisera? Is it Deborah herself? Or is it some other? We don't know. The mind boggles. We don't know. In any case, Deborah and Barak gather their brass and 10,000 warriors, and they head north for Mount Tabor. There they go. Now, at this point, the story cuts to what seems like an irrelevant and obscure piece of history. Here's what we read. Now Haber, a new character, the Kenite, had separated from the other Kenites, that is, the descendants of Hobab, the father-in-law of Moses, and had encamped near Kadesh. Okay, this is a couple of people, Heber, Haber, Hobab, and a couple of places, people, the Kenites, and Kadesh that have nothing to do with the rest of the story. At this point, uh, Haber the Kenite has, has separated from the other Kenites, whoever they are, that is, the descendants of Hobab, the father-in-law of Moses, and they had encamped near Kadesh. Okay, what? Basically, it's this. A clan of Israelites, full-blown Israelites, a clan called the Kenites, 
who had descended from Moses' father-in-law, mostly lived in the south part of the land. But one of them, Haber, had moved his family to Kadesh in the far north for some reason. We don't know why. And north is where Deborah and Barak and their entourage are marching to face Sisera and the Canaanites for war. So when uh, Deborah and Barak and all the warriors are going north to meet Sisera, there are already some Israelites up there. Okay, they're already up there. Uh, the family of Haber, H-E-B-E-R, is up there. Okay, and what's more, they have made peace with King Jabin. So that little band of Israelites up there in the far north have made peace with King Jabin and Sisera and all the other north-dwelling bad guys that they're about to go fight. So these Israelites are on the other guy's side. Okay, now, having set that in place, back to Deborah and Barak. They make it, along with 10,000 Israeli warriors, up north to Mount Tabor, and then Deborah says to Barak, Up, for this is the day on which the Lord God has given Sisera into your hand. The Lord is indeed going on before you, she says to Barak, and so it is. For, with very little action on Barak or the Israel, Israel, Israeli army's part, the Lord throws Sisera and all his chariots and all his army into a panic before Barak. So King Jabin's army falls by the sword, just like that. They all panic and freak out. And Barak and Deborah, Barak I suppose, uh, took care of business, the army cleaned out the, their army, but Sisera himself, the general, the top Canaanite military guy, flees away on foot. So he gets away, but his army is decimated, clobbered, wiped out entirely. Now, it just so happens that as Sisera flees, he stumbles upon the homestead of Haber the Kenite. In particular, he finds, remember our, our Israel, Israeli family living up there? In particular, he finds himself at the tent of Jael, Jael, J-A-E-L, Jael, wife of Haber. Being a friend of the Canaanites, Jael walks out to meet the terrified general and says, Turn aside, my lord. Turn aside to me, have no fear. So Sisera enters her tent, and she offers hospitality to him by covering him with a rug and giving him milk to drink. Now apparently, covered him with a rug is just a way of saying that she gave him a mat on the floor on which to rest. Okay. So all this good care, she basically, offers him hospitality, lets him rest. He's been running, right, for a while, so he's a little tired. All this good care disarms Sisera, and he begins to settle down. But before he can really relax, remember, he's being chased by an army who wants to kill him. He tells Jael, stand at the entrance to your tent, and if anybody comes and asks you, is there a man here, say no. Once he says this, he falls fast asleep 
because he is exhausted from hours and probably even days of hard running from Barak and the Israelites with their swords. So Sisera falls asleep in the tent of Jael. Then we read, But Jael, wife of Haber, took a tent peg and took a hammer in her hand and went softly to him. And she drove the peg into his temple until it went down into the ground and he died. It all unfolded just as Deborah prophesied. The Lord did indeed sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. Then Barak arrives, quite a scene, huh? Then Barak arrives in Haber's camp in pursuit of Sisera. And Jael goes out to meet him and says to him, Come, I will show you the man whom you are seeking. So Barak enters her tent and sees Sisera lying dead on the floor with a tent peg driven through his head. Chapter 4 wraps with a nice little editorial summary. So on that day, God subdued King Jabin of Canaan before the Israelites. Then the hand of the Israelites bore harder on King Jabin of Canaan until they had destroyed King Jabin of Canaan. So that chapter on King Jabin closes. Now, this is not a story that you would normally hear in Sunday school as a child or maybe even as a teen, and perhaps it is new to some of you even now. And I think it's not too important to reflect much on the overall savagery of the tale because it is not dis particularly distinct in that way from many other Old Testament stories. What does stand out to me is its strongly positive take on the leadership roles of women. Not deny it. One may reject this thesis, of course. One may say that's not really what it's about. Some may say that it was only because the men failed to show up and step up that the women had to take charge. And that if the men had had their stuff together, then maybe Deborah would never have risen as a judge in the first place and the story would never have been written. But friends, I see no evidence for this anywhere in the text. What we have here, in my view, is a fairly straightforward tale of women following the lead of Yahweh and taking care of business when it needed to be taken care of. Without a doubt, men are shamed. Barak fears to do battle without Deborah, and Jael not only ends the life of a great Canaanite warrior, but does the job in place of Barak. But I believe that these women are simply following the call of Yahweh. No different than any other leader or faithful Israelite. They are in touch with the Lord. Their actions accomplish God's purposes in the world. There is no evidence that I can see that this is a comment on a particularly failed nation. At least not at this point in Judges, perhaps later, but not yet. In fact, in these cycles of obedience and disobedience, Yahweh acts through these women precisely because of Israel's openness to God, because of their repentance. That's why Yahweh acts. If Yahweh were angry with Israel and their failed male leadership, 
they would, he would not have acted to save Israel in the first place. Yahweh would have let them go. So I don't think it's about failed male leadership. I think it's about strong female leadership. Well, you know what? That's all I've got for you tonight, friends. Just that good old-fashioned Bible story right there. I hope you enjoyed it. And join me next week when we zip forward to the book of Ezekiel. I'll see you then. Love you all. Bye.